Hello, welcome to our lot in Block 5, the podcast for Gooners by Gooners, and you join us in the past. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this week's podcast starts in the heart of South London's unfashionable Thornton Heath. The Sainsbury is closed, the streets are packed with stripy Nigels, and deep undercover before the match at Selhurst Park is Stuart Izzard, but Stuart's going to have to pretend to be a Crystal Palace supporter, so let's see how this goes. Hello, Stuart. All right, mate. All right. So, uh, just one quick question. Tony Adams, manager of Granada tonight, would you rent a telly off him? Well, who's Tony Adams? Sorry, exactly. mate, I'm a, I'm a geezer, aren't I? Yeah. He's Scott, Scott Damp and me, we're Granada. So now, uh, we, um, Sam's going to save us from the drop, yeah? Four wins in a row, four wins in a row for the Palace, and then a bit of a sticky one on Wednesday. We've got Arsenal tonight. Um, what do you think? Uh, what, what would you say the turnaround's been down to? Is it Zaha? Zaha's on fire, mate. He's on fire. It, and you know, if clubs, I could write a song about him. If um, Go on. If clubs... Uh, I mean, clubs are going to be interested in him in the summer. Do you think we'll be able to hold on to him again? I think we'll hang on to him this summer, without a doubt. I think he, he blew his bowl when he went to Man United. He's staying. He's here. Sam Adams is his red and blue army, isn't it? That's, Absolutely. That's where it's going. He's staying, mate. He's staying. Can't wait to get in the half weight and have it off large. Now, Arsenal tonight, uh, uh, in, on the last podcast, you um, suggested that a one-all draw would be the result. After losing at Southampton and Arsenal winning against West Ham, what do you reckon tonight? I think Palace. We, we'll, we'll smash Arsenal 4-0, I reckon, tonight, Matt. 4-0? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't see any of them namby pamby gooners turning up here. So I think I think that's it, mate. They're they're going to get a right royal turning over. And as they're all saying in the pub, you know, we're going to be singing and dancing all night long. Don't matter about the score line, son. Don't matter about the score. Well, um, I mean, it's it's a big ask, but then we did beat Chelsea, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, classic day. That was an absolute. You know, it, yeah, we're in the dogfight, aren't we, down there? So, if we can turn these namby-pamby gooners over tonight, then everything's happy days, isn't it? It's yeah. a bonus three points. Yeah. Can, Stuart, you're not really mm. like that, are you? Just say no. No, but I am undercover, Matt, so <laughs> I've got a lot of people staring at me. So, <laughs> so they're all dressed in black. I don't I... like Crystal Palace Stewart. I want Arsenal Stewart back. Oh, oh yeah, no, <laughs> Of course, this is the past. So... <laughs> don't worry, he's here, Matt. He's in. So tomorrow night, um, yeah, we'll no. be uh, talking about the game as it's happened. Um, have we got is Bill there? He did you, did you is. Say... I'll see if I can. I'll see if I can grab him. I'll just bear with me because it is quite noisy. Now, Bill, of course, was uh, will be familiar to those who listened to Euro a lot in Block 5 last summer. Uh, Bill Raylia, who is a real Crystal Palace fan, not a fake one, like Stuart's pretending to be. Um, we all have to go through this sometimes when we go away to away games. We have to pretend we're in the uh, other supporters' end. I'm just wondering uh, whether Bill can tell us 
uh, give us any insight into what Stuart's really like. Good evening. Bill, how are you? I'm very well, sir. How are you? Uh, very well. Of course, Bill will be familiar to everybody who listened to Euro a lot in Block 5 last summer. Um, as our kind of, yes. well, you're, you were our joke teller and our bit of uh, banter uh, uh, outside of Arsenal. Um, I'm full of banter. Now, um, first of all, Stuart's behaviour, can you just give in a comment on that? He... Well, it's not quite up to the uh, absolute outrageous, but he's heading there at a great rate. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he is keeping, of course, a very undercover, uh, keeping his head down yeah. and uh, drinking with the himself and attics as we speak. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, um, now, uh, Wednesday wasn't a great result for you, but four wins before that... Yeah, um, they were very important, Matt, uh, yeah. to be quite honest, especially the one against Chelsea, which no one expected. But, no. Um, yeah, because the thing is, although we had four wins on the spin, we're still not out of the woods. We no, found the path, say, but we're still not see, out. And, you have got a couple of games in hand on those around you. But yes. Yeah. I presume you'd prefer to have the points than the games in hand. Well, yeah, that's the usual thing, isn't it? But uh, I think... You know, we, we have got a few injuries, but uh, not on our strike force. And I think that's where we could do damage. And, uh, you know, no, no one can handle Zaha. As long as we get a decent referee and uh, they protect him a little bit, then I, I think we will be safe. But uh, certainly not all over till uh, my mum sings. No. So, I mean, what, I mean, you've mentioned Zaha there. Is he the difference? Has he made a bit of difference? Or is it, what, what would you put your recent resurgence back to? The, well, a, a few things. One of them is certainly is uh, Sacco at the back. How we got him from Liverpool, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, okay. And uh, Luca in midfield, a couple of, well, no one had heard of him, but a couple of players there down the spine, and that's always an important area down the spine. A keeper's playing very well. So with him, uh, the centre-half and uh, centre-midfield player, and Benteke, who a few people say he's lazy, but I think if you get the ball to him in the area, he'll do some damage. So, uh, yeah, the spine is looking good, but Zahar, for sure, is, is better than I've been in for a long time, and I saw him as a youngster breaking through into the yeah. team. Um, but now he's doing it for 90 minutes. He's not sulking, not arguing. He's just getting up and getting on with it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think we will be safe, but it's still going to be squeaky bum time till the end of it. And do you think that Zaha is likely to go again, or do you think that... I don't think some of stage. Yeah, I, I don't think to this stage. Obviously, we've got to renew his contract and, and pay him the money he deserves to keep him here. Yeah. But I think that will happen, and I think he will stay because he's learned from uh, having his arse packed. And, and he sees other people who, you know, go elsewhere for money and sit on a bench. Yeah. Not really. And I, I think we, we will look after him and keep him because he, he's very important. And uh, he, he takes the, 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 at least two defenders with him, so that leaves us a, a space for someone else to, uh, to actually pick up. I think Townsend done well for us as well. Um, yeah. I know he's next year, but he's done very, very well because he wasn't in favour with Pardew, but uh, he's now in favour with Big Sam and he's doing all right. So the two boys and Ben Tech in the middle, I think we will be safe. Okay, brilliant. Well, I'd like to say good luck tonight, um, which is in the past <laughs> yeah. uh, on our podcast, but I would be lying. Um, no, I, I totally <laughs> agree with that. And, and to be honest, I said Stuart on the way down here, I said I'd be happy for the draw. Yeah, and, I mean, both uh, me and, and Stuart called the draw. His uh, answer was, um, yeah, so would I, mate. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
Do well, we shall see. We yeah, shall well, see. But uh, we're, we'll have fun. I'll let you go back to your drinking and enjoy the Thank game. Thank you, sir. And, uh, no, lovely to speak to you again. Yeah, lovely I'll to hear you, from I'll, you, Bill. Cheers. I'll hand you back to Mr. Rizard. Right over, Roy. All right. <laughs> nuts down, nuts down. His old fool looking at me now. He's all getting a bit tentative. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that then, Stuart. I'll speak to you no worries, in a right. second, yeah. which will be in in the future uh, after the be, game. Um, yeah. I'm going to be talking to John during the game uh, to get okay. his dear John and his quiz questions answered. Lovely, um, lovely. So, <laughs> so it's going to be a bit. It's going to be a bit like the film Memento. Uh, when this podcast <laughs> comes out, because you don't know whether we're in the past or the future. Uh, yeah. But, um, Come cheers. on, you goons. Thanks for taking the risk. And <laughs> Yeah. And I have. And just saying, come on, you goons, quietly. He's got to look. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hope you survive. Cheers. Take care, mate. Yeah, come bye. on. Bye. So now I am joined. I'm still in the past. I'm joined by John Rubin. Hello, John. You all right, mate? How you doing? So it's uh, actually now half time in the Crystal Palace game, and it's Arsenal losing. We are one it's nil. Rubbish. I to be honest, though. I mean, they've they've played a white Palace. We've had a couple of chances, but you know, they, they've defended very well. I've, I've been quite disturbed by Mustafi, who he's used to having Concholi. I don't know quite know why. I mean, all right, Mertesacker's is on the bench. You kind of think, give him a go. Mertesacker or Gabriel, who would you rather have? I'd rather have Mertesacker, and he's still the club captain as well. I, don't, I mean, I don't think Gabriel necessarily has done anything wrong, but Mustafi, he keeps going out to right-back position to yeah. fill in for Bellerin, and he keeps getting... I mean, he could have been sent off easily. Because yeah. the first one, he's lost control. He's gone straight through the man. Uh, second one, done the same. So he's, he's quite a lucky boy, I think, uh, still be on the pitch. Yeah. And he seems to be charging forward and running back into the wrong place and just all over well, the place. Well, maybe since he's got to play the, uh, the captain's role. Yeah, yeah, I think that might be it, John. No one else seems to want to do it. No one else... Ben, Bellerino's totally out. Who's captain tonight, anyway? Is it actually Mustafi? I, don't, I would have thought... I mean, I think it would be Theo Walcott, wouldn't it? Why? Because he was sort of vice-captain to Koscielny. Was he? Okay, fair enough. But to be honest, they forgot to have... They broke Premier League rules a few weeks ago and didn't hand the armband on to anyone. Is there going to be a fine, I reckon, for that? It (laughs) probably is, but... He's in for a chance with a title. It shows how little Wenger values the role of captain, because he just didn't... He doesn't even tell his players... He should just wear it. He should just name himself as an unplaying (laughs) son and just wear the captain's armband. <laughs> so, John, um, because it's Monday night, um, we're we're doing some of the podcast during uh, the game. This is unprecedented. Um, we're going to do some dear Johns. We're going to yeah. do th- your think of a number. Yeah, and we're going to do your part of the quiz, and then I'm going to drop it in tomorrow night. So I uh, uh, until it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I might have to ask you for your choice. Uh, choices if you do win. That's fine, yeah. Um, and we'll drop them in. So um, we'll catch up with you later, John. Yeah, cheers, mate. So welcome back to the present, viewers. Um, I've got Stuart Izzard back from his 
his undercover operation. Stuart, hello. Hello, Matthew. And um, not hello, very listeners. good. Yeah, not very good night for Arsenal. One of the worst, actually, in a long it, time. I. Oh God, absolutely fuming, and because I was in with the Palace fans. When they're singing, we want you to stay. I really wanted to blow me cover. I yeah. really wanted to blow me cover because it was it was shocking, absolutely. To to be pitch side and and look at the faces on those Arsenal players, and I'd said to Bill going up there, believe you me, mate, they've lost the. My my prediction to him in the car was I said to him, you'll go two 0 up and we might nick a late consolation and he went really and I said yeah now you'll go 2-0 up and when when they were 2-0 up he was nudging me and he looked at me he went where did that come from and I said I told you mate I've told you that's that's how predictable we are and I it was it was fucking horrible absolutely one of the don't get me wrong I had a good night well I was with Bill and I've sort of learned to Try and put the football bit off because we know how bad we are. Um, yeah. But it was it was sickening. And this morning when I woke up, albeit I'd had a, a dodgy meat pie there and quite a few pints of Guinness and different drinks and whatnot. But I woke up this morning and I felt, oh, what, why am I feeling shit? And then I, it clocked me again. Well, we lost three 0 at Palace last night, and that's when you know it's 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 horrible. It really is horrible. Like I say, I had a good evening, good fun, but there was no fun during the actual match. It was it was horrific. And sitting there in amongst the Palace didn't really help. You know, they were the Olays were ringing in my ears this morning from them lot. Mm. Now, how many times? I don't don't get me wrong. If a team beats you at their own play, at their own ground, you know there's no given on any game. But when they've got the chance of Olay, Olay, and Olay as they're passing the ball round us, that's taking the piss. That's that's not Arsenal. And and fair back to the away fans that fucking were chanting, "You're not fit to wear the shirt," because there was lots of players out there last night. I I don't see how anybody could take any positives from that at all. I mean, it's... it was. Um, I mean, we seemed sort of a little bit inept going forward. No more than usual in the last few games, but you know there wasn't that killer instinct. I don't know what's and... happened to Hector Bellerin because, I mean, I'm presuming he's slightly injured or he's not fit because the boy looks a mess. Yeah. He's not he very needs good. His he's, haircut, Matt. he's not very good going forward. Let's put it that way. You know, he. he, he when have you seen a cross from Hector Bellerin that ended in a goal for for the you know? Yeah. Seriously, for the last six months, and when you're not very good going forward, the basic is stay back and defend, and he didn't do yeah. that either. No. Um, no. All not... across the pitch, really. The only bright spot for me. I think is El Nenny, who at least at times sort of glued the midfield together because he's got a great touch and they were just better than us everywhere yesterday. And again, those players, those players don't become bad. They they're not just bad. They that's more the clue to the fact that 
and again, I'm, I'm going to go back on it because I am always right. Um, I said it. I said it weeks and weeks ago. Do you think this is the time where Arsene Wenger's lost the, the thing? I mean, mate said, driving back, there's not one of those players out there wants to play for Arsene Wenger. You just look at them. They, they, they've had enough. They've yeah. had enough. They, they're fed up with it. The same as the fans are. Um, and and it's lost. he's lost the dressing room. And like you say, a player like Hector Bellerin, He's not a shit player. He's a quality player. A very, you know, one of my favourites. My favourite player at the football club. But yeah, like you say, he was shit last night. He, Mustafi was. Oh, there, there wasn't anything. But those players don't become really shit overnight. That they, they, they don't give a fuck. They don't want to play for Arsene Wenger. You can see it. I was watching Palace celebrate the penalty, and you just looked at all our lot. And not one person even looked round to go, come on, it, there's, there's nothing out there, mate. It, it's, yeah. it's horrible. It's horrible to watch it. It really is horrible to watch it. And I did, at the end of the game, we sort of walked past, and to catch the, the, the scenes by the bus, I mean, there's real hate now, for the not, not just the manager, for the players. And... At the end of the day, we're all under one banner, aren't we? We're all we're all for the Arsenal and and what it is. But honestly, it's it's so so hateful. It's so hateful now that there's no way I I personally can see that that there's any way back for Arsene Wenger. I spoke last week about maybe if Patrick he's gone, he's gone, and I can't believe the board haven't said a word again today. Well, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, the TV footage of, by Sky last night, um, as soon as the second goal went in, I think the cameras went straight to Ivan Gazidis rather than Arsene Wenger. Yeah. And it's it's come to that, really. Make a decision because, yeah. Yeah. you know, you've said he said weeks and weeks ago, Wenger, that his decision would be very soon. There's been people saying it would be during the international break. What they're really trying to say is that the bloke don't want to leave. And we yeah. don't want to tell him that he's he's gonna. Yeah. Um, well, it's um, got it's got to happen, Matt. And 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 the longer these games go on, and I think we've probably said it before. For me, the best thing for him, and 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 also Arsenal maybe, is to not sack him because nothing's going to change this season. It, it's where we're at. You know, I, I, I struggle yeah. to see. I struggle to see where we're going to win a game, um, and. I think to sack him is is really sort of a, a, a not a nice. But just come out and tell the fans he's not he's not going to be there next season, because I do think that that's we just need a bit of clarity, and then people will just maybe get off his back for another four or five weeks. We're into May, we're, we're job done, um, and and let's see then what happens. But it, it's it's got to the point where. Be, I think it's not just the fact we're shit on the pitch that no one's saying anything. There's, there can't be a football club in the world that would have a string of results with the expectation level and the price of season tickets and and the cost it is to go. I think my mate's ticket last night was five is five hundred quid to go and watch Palace for the season. Yeah, you know, well, I pay nearly fourteen hundred quid for mine. It, you know, he's getting three seasons. I know it's at Palace, but. You pay what you think. It's a bit like you you go and have a a Burger King, or you go to the top notch 
wrecking restaurant. Well, we're paying for top-notch restaurant and eating Burger King, you know. And and don't get me wrong, it's not all about money for me. That's what Arsenal want to charge me to go and watch them. I want to pay it because I want to watch Arsenal. But when you're being served up shit, how, how much more shit can you eat? You know, and enough's enough. Enough's enough. It, it, but the board now should be coming out and fucking doing something. And if, if they're not prepared to do it, someone needs to get in there and, and fucking honestly needs to wake them up because it's it's just getting worse. It is getting so bad to not hear anything from, not even the vote of confidence. We're not hearing anything from the board. Well, they don't, I mean, they don't exist, basically, do they? Uh, it doesn't. I mean, they are a bunch of geriatrics uh, with no clue about how to run a football club, um, and all those people have left. I mean, even the investors like uh, Moshi, the steel magnet. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's gone to Everton, and you can already see Everton improving because they've been able to to hold on to Lukaku yeah, this season. Yeah. Yeah. Invest in players, you know, run a, a tighter ship with a new manager. Yeah. Um, and you just think, will it take that? Will it take someone to buy the club? Well, that's that's um, how I see it. Maybe maybe that's that's how it's got to go, Matt. Because it does need, you know, we we can all point fingers at Arsene Wenger. To me, last night, I point more fingers at the players. Um, you know, I, I sort of saw Arsene Wenger's interview afterwards, and you could see he's pissed off. He's pissed off. Um, it's almost like he's dumbfounded by the lack yeah. of motivation. And when, um, when, when, our, when, when Theo Walcott comes out and says, we could see right from the off they were more up for it. Fucking hell. How can you not be up for it? How can you not be up for that game? I mean, I said, no, to, I said to John last night that some of these players were playing for their careers. You know, they're playing for their career at a top club. Yeah. Because oh, it's, it's, I can't oh. see Theo Walcott going to an, a top club after this no, season. No. And I can't see a lot of those players ever playing for a, a top club if they move on. No, Sanchez will, Ozil will because of their names rather yeah. than, rather than what they're of, actually doing. You think of um, the, 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 um, some of the players that we think need to go, they're going to end up in the lower half of the Premier League or the Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah without um, a doubt. Very average players being given the chance on, on very good money that we're all chipping in too with our, our, our season tickets. And and again, I, I wasn't obviously sitting in with the Arsenal fans last night, but sitting in with the Palace fans, and the Arsenal fans were, were, were going, you know, they were behind the team, they were behind the team. But it got to that point when the third goal went in and, yeah, that you could just, you know, I'm sitting there chewing gum trying, trying to keep me nut down and, Oh, it's so frustrating, so frustrating, and you can understand them all together. Really hateful towards it, and but more so, I thought last night was the players for me, because as much as Arsene Wenger could try and do from the bench, it, it, there was nothing. There was he just, just nothing. He did exactly what he did against West Ham, but in that game we were winning two 0 when he made the substitutions. Yeah, 
This yeah. time we were losing 2-0, and he made the same substitutions. Yeah, I know. It's, just like, it's... it's absolutely incredible. Why? I mean, why Giroud must, des- must have deserved a start instead of Danny Welbeck. He must have deserved a start last night. Why didn't, why didn't though? If you talk, forget, forget about whether it's Welbeck. Uh, maybe more so if you're talking about starting Giroud, then you can only really play Giroud through the, through the middle. Yeah. Why not? Why not last night have played Sanchez through the middle and Welbeck out wide? Because when yeah, when we when we had injuries, Matt, when we had the injuries to Welbeck, even to a point with Giroud, we were forced to play Sanchez through the middle. It was probably one of our best times of the season. Absolutely it was. So you know, why why is he why is he sort of thinking you know, Danny Welbeck's no fool if he plays out wide. He's got pace. He's he's a big lad. He's hard to he's hard to keep hold of. And if you've got the foil in the middle there of Sanchez, it's almost like he's forgotten what was good and he's he's re- right revert back to what we do. And, and he does that all the time, apart. though, doesn't he, Stuart? He's done it for years. He's too old, Matt. He's too old. He's too old. He's too stubborn. That's I think I think that's summing him all up now. It's it's the same thing. Every week. It's that philosophy that he can only do so much that he, if he trains the players in the right way and gives them the skills they need, that they can do whatever they need to do in the game. And unfortunately, there's no one out there taking control of the game. No. Ever. I mean, no. when, when was the last time you saw Arsenal in the last 10 minutes of a game just kill the game dead? Look at Chelsea, how they yeah. kill the game dead. Yeah, uh, they just they just you know every every top club knows how to kill the last ten minutes, to when they're holding on to a one goal lead, and just Arsenal have, under Arsene Wenger have never ever done that. They've never ever looked like they could just kill a game. No, no, and um, yeah, we we say we're saying the same stuff, though, aren't we? Every yeah. week. I mean, you it's know, a shame because I thought. You know, it was a, a positive result, the West Ham game, because we had sort of at least kind of steadied the ship with a draw against Man City um, and then sort of looked like maybe, yeah, we're, OK, we've got a bit more confidence about us. But confidence against uh, against West Ham turned into complete complacency yeah. on Monday night. Yeah. And yeah. everybody above us had won. Yeah. So the pressure was on, and as soon as that pressure's on, there's no. There's Again, no I think I think that's just reverting back to the fact that the dressing rooms. He's lost it. He's. I don't think the players want to play for him, and anything that's it's going in one ear and out the other. Yeah, They're I mean, what you really need is like. I'm not being funny, but you know, if you imagine Sam Allardyce taking over for the next few games, Arsenal, he'd just be working on that back four. Yeah, he'd be working on that back four, and no one else would matter. I think I think they've all got their smoking jackets on, Matt. They're comfy. They all know they're safe. They're all there. They've all got contracts. They're earning tens of thousands of pounds a week, and and don't have to answer to anyone. And and when I see the fans, and I, to be honest, you know, I'd, I'd never put my own players down. But last night, like I said earlier, is the first time I really, really agree with that. Chanting, you you don't deserve to wear the badge or wear the shirt. You know, it was 
They were fucking disgraceful. But there's no one this morning that would have gone into training and fucking ripped them to shit. You know, no one there. There's no, None of the players are going to turn around and say, you were fucking terrible. They were all terrible. Don't get me wrong. I thought Chamberlain had a little cameo when he came on. I thought he was was trying. But I really, I really struggle to see... And I'm not saying, but you, I'm not saying they're all lost, like he's lost them all. But someone like El Nenny, who's, who's been a bit of a bit part player, um, and fairly new to the squad, a bit like Xhaka, I'm, I'm, I'm not sort of saying them, but he's lost so many players. And Theo Walker apologised after the West Brom game, and he's apologised after the Palace game. You know, you shouldn't. If, if you have to apologise, you apologise once. I think the Arsenal players should fucking give their wages back this week and maybe divvy that around and knock that off a season ticket. Even be it the away, even be it the away season, fans that yeah. went that went last night and went to West Brom. Yeah, if they back. went to those games, they can have their money back because the players are fucking giving their wages back. Because it's it's shocking. It really is shocking. It's it's. Like I say, we do, we pay a lot of money to watch our football, and I think we're entitled to have a moan. It's not about winning trophies; it's about competing. We didn't compete last night. We did not compete, and you know, if we lost the league title on the last day of the season or second to last game of the season, you accept that. That's that's football. Next season, maybe you get the the bit of luck and and you win the title the same way. When you know, I've said. Probably eighteen months ago on this, how far away we were from Barcelona and and how far we were away from winning the Champions League. We're starting to look like that now in the Premier League. We look miles away from competing in it again. I mean, I was totally expecting Arsene Wenger to do the old um, "we fight until it's mathematically impossible," yeah. um, which he always says. Uh, the amount of times I've heard him say that over the last thirteen years. Yeah. Um, but there was none of that from him last there's night. No, he was no, just gone. Like there's no, there's he didn't no make any. Man. He didn't make any sense. Anything he said really didn't make any sense. He's a punch uh, drunk boxer, mate. He's a punch drunk boxer who's too old, too stubborn, and yeah. Let's face it; it was going wrong from sort of New Year's Day onwards since we actually beat Palace. It, yeah. it was, ever since New Year's Day, it, it has gone completely pear-shaped. And, and if, if our board was strong enough, if our board was strong enough, and they're watching Wenger punch drunk in the middle of the ring, they would have thrown the towel in and said, stop it. There's a hundred you know, things that they could do right, but they keep doing the one thing that's wrong. Yeah. Ultimately. I mean, fascinating, Stuart. You obviously didn't see this, but they had Ranieri on... Monday Night Football last night, and they really got a really candid um, explanation about what was going on at Leicester this season. And he just said, you know, I, I tried everything, but, you know, I put people on the bench, even though they were playing well, you know, I, I tried everything to motivate the players, but how do you motivate them when they've just performed like a miracle? Yeah. And, you know, had the best season of their life. You know, they've all been put on big money and they've all think they've made it and suddenly the motivation's gone and that's how the team yeah. worked. The team worked because they're all 
sort of slightly forgotten players who yeah, you can imagine. managed to galvanise together to to bring that spirit and that. And he said, you know, the the, the two things you need us the two things you need is a skill, but spirit. And yeah. you know, the the one thing I couldn't he couldn't create that year was the spirit. So he kind of understood why it was him who had to leave, as much yeah. as he hated the fact that he couldn't motivate them. He understood that it it was there was a problem with carrying on and building yeah, the club yeah. to the next level. Yeah. As they want to be, you know, they're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They're um they've been doing better this this uh you know, over the last few weeks without him. Obviously there was a, a few Billy Big Bollocks at the club who probably had more say than him in how the team were performing. And I think I think that you've hit the nail smack bang there, Matt, with the um I think the player power is Obviously, you as a chairman or a board, whatever, you've got so many players on, and, and you want to keep them, so you sign them up on big contracts, and you know you, you do worry if I've got a sell-on value or different different things, but they they seem to almost now run the club. Yeah. You, you look at you look at Chelsea last season, how piss poor they were, and and now different they are this season. That was player power. You look at Leicester this season, um, and don't get me wrong, you were never expecting Leicester to go and win the title again. I said it would always be a very hard season for them. But you look at this Shakespeare, he's lost his first game in, what was it against Everton, and in what, six games, seven mm. games they played? Totally different side. Totally different side. Um, so I get that. And... But that's where you know now with Arsenal, it's more pointing to the fact that no matter what Arsene Wenger says or does, he's not going to get that back. He's just he's, that's where he, the club or Arsene should be throwing the towel in again. You know, enough's enough. And yeah. it, it unfortunately he's such a he's such a, a bloody stubborn bastard. He, he's never going to. He's never going to admit it, but the, then the board should do it. Oh, God. I'm not ready for him tonight. Should we let him in? Oh, not really. Yeah, Can yeah. I get a Guinness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <then>. Every night I've been hugging my pillow. Dreaming dreams of Pochettino. Mauricio's the one for me. <laughs> Hello, boys. Hello, Wayne. All right, it's me, Wayne. Now, I've got a business going with Spunky Nigel. Oh, right. Yeah, it's called uh, Wenger In Only. Oh, right, yeah, yeah It's a on. new clothing range. Uh, yeah. We've got Wenger In T-shirts, Wenger In... Uh, trousers, Wengarine hats, Wengarine right. banners, everything right. with Wengarine. Oh. Um, and, um, it, 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 well, I mean, we're not getting very much sales at the minute, I have to say, but I'm, I'm sure it'll pick up when you boys get a few results. You go your way, won't you? Yeah, well, have you tried it on the Dragon's Den, Wayne? What's Dragon's Den? 
Well, that's for that. Is reason, that like Game Wayne, of Thrones? I like Game of Thrones. For that reason, Wayne, I'm out. Come on, come on, hurry up, Harry, come on, come on, come on, hurry up, Harry, come on, we're all going to Wembley, and Harry's gonna have a good knee. (laughs) Looking forward to to a semi. Spunky yeah. Nigel said he's looking forward to his first semi in years. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good game, you lot, I think, you and Chelsea. Yeah, well, I reckon we'll win that one. Yeah, probably. And we're going to tip pip, pip them to the title this year, I think. Oh, I don't know about that one, Wayne. I don't well, know about some that people one. say it's, it's there's, there's to lose, but, you know, uh, I think yeah. we've been playing well, haven't we? You have been playing have well, admit, as much as that. Oi, oi, that fucking sickens me to say that as well. But you have, the only thing I'm hoping is that, as shit as we are, Wayne, um, let's just hope you make the final, you finish third, and uh, we beat you 18-0 in the cup final. 18-0? That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Then, there, then there'd be some, then you'll sell your Wenger in stuff. Wenger in, yeah. So, uh, um, we've had a lot of interest from Tottenham fans, anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and Palace fans. Yeah, and West Ham fans. Um, and West Brom. And uh, other London clubs. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we, I'm sure you'll uh, ask a regular turn things around for you. He usually does, doesn't he? No, not now, mate. He's gone. He's gone. What I like about you... As a club now, uh, <laughs> is that you're below us? And <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, nothing can go wrong now, can it? It's got to be our year this year, isn't it? Surely. Anyway, Sorry. you do the Wenger in, the Wenger out. You do the awesome Wenger and you turn it. You give him a two-year contract and you turn around. And that's what it's all about. Oh, the fourth-place trophy. Oh, the fourth-place trophy. See you later, Wayne. Oh, the fourth-place trophy. In, out, in, out. Take it all you in. See you, boys. See you later. Dear, oh, dear. The only passive-aggressive fan of Spurs that actually gets us to agree with him. <laughs> so, um, Stuart, let's stop talking about the football and Why not? look back Why not? to the year 2012 for the final ever reading of... Oh, what one? What one? The, what's the new book? Well, we'll find out that after, after the reading. But, oh, OK. Sorry. Um, we, let's uh, let's listen to Theo Walcott for the very last time on the pod. Hey. Theo, Theo, get yourself together. We all make mistakes. When we're not really sure, we're not really sure. OK, Stuart. Theo, it's 2012, and this is the last page. I'm going to read the last page of Theo's book. And then afterwards, I'm going to talk about what's happened since. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fucking lot. <laughs> so he's uh, just, he's just, uh, th- things went wrong for him in Euro 
Can, I, the... can I just interject there, man? Yeah. I became captain of Arsenal and we went to Selhurst Park. <laughs> we played absolute fucking dog shit and uh, we lost 3-0. A lot of play- a lot of supporters surrounded the bus and I wondered if they were pointing it at me. Yeah, go on. <laughs> and they came out and apologised on behalf of the team. Yeah, it, uh, don't blame me. I blame Arsene Wenger. He's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I came straight back into the first team after the World Cup, had been selected for Euro 2012 after the World Cup, and have been selected for Euro 2012 qualifiers when I've been fit. <laughs> when I've been fit. <laughs> Around the turn of the year, Mr Capello said that one regret he had about the World Cup squad selection was that he didn't take me. He said it had been a mistake to leave me out. It was big of him to admit that because he didn't want to do it and it meant a lot to me. The atmosphere with England is much more relaxed now. There are more smiles (laughs) around... (laughs) There are more smiles around the England camp these days. Mr Capello has changed. Lots of things have changed. He's more approachable. I played in the first game after the World Cup, a friendly at home to Hungary. And at a training, uh, and at training the day before the match, I walked up to him on the sideline and asked him why I hadn't gone to South Africa. He said that he didn't think I was ready. He said that he thought that the World Cup had come a little bit too early for me. That's two World Cups that have come too early for me. Then playing the, on the greatest show on earth is still an itch I need to scratch. It's one of the few more chapters I need to write. Clever, you see. <laughs> so uh, let, let's see why Theo Walcott isn't going to write another book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So his record against um, his record for England after that. Um, so obviously Capello got sacked. So that, yeah, that yeah. doesn't help. Um, he did play in a Euro 2012 qualifying game against Switzerland but he was stretched off after he was clipped in the build-up to Wayne Rooney's opener <laughs> um, putting out, him out of action in two, Euro 2012 he wasn't used until a, he was substituted in the game against Sweden and actually scored a goal um, and then provided a goal for Danny Welbeck to score and they won 3-2, got through then we went out on penalties to... Um, uh, 2012. Uh, yeah, we went out on penalties to Italy, didn't we? Oh, yes. It was yeah. true nil-nil. Um, and so he, he then missed out on the 2014 World Cup through injury. Um, and he wasn't selected by Roy Hodgson in the in the uh, 2016 squad. Um and Roy said, Theo, unfortunately, has not got such a reg- regular game over the last few months and had a few problems with injury. It's a tough decision, but it's one you have to take. It's um, one, not one. One. It's one. <laughs> <laughs> then Gareth Southgate uh, has famously then dropped him from the England team on his birthday since. So, um, and for Arsenal, uh, it hasn't really gone much better. He's spent a lot of time on the sidelines over the the last four years. Um, He's not, I think his goals record, he had a decent goals record in 2012-13. I think he got 23 goals, but every other season 
it was sort of five five six or something like that because of his injuries. So really, uh, the chapter he's never been to a World Cup. He's unlikely he ever will go to a World Cup. And and then you'd have to question why the fuck he was my captain. (laughs) 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 Okay, so um, I guess it's time to reveal our um, next book. Go on, come on. um, If you have been... um, Let's hope uh, you've been voting uh, over the last few weeks. Let's have a look. So the winner is um, Paul Merzen's book, How Not to Be a Professional Footballer, which uh, has won by 71% over 29. Yeah, lovely. I've been reading uh, that book uh, on the train to work for the last few days, and it is hilarious. It is brilliant. So we're going to have a treat. Uh, I particularly like how he insists on trying to sound like a geezer at all times. Like, everything sort of... Um, embellished with sort of Cockney rhyming slang, or yeah, well, you that's what I, I want to know what your because obviously you can't read it like Theo. No, I want to know, I want to know what your voice is and what song Paul is. Um, someone asked, What song are we going to choose for it? I mean, I was thinking Steve Harley, what is it? The um, no, The Joker by who's oh, yeah, well, um, yeah, uh, oh, god, um. Yeah, what's it called? And, yeah, the Joker is same lot that did um, Abra, Abra, Cadabra. I want to reach out and grab you. <laughs> it's, oh, uh, oh, God. It's one well, Steve Miliband, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, it, and Steve um, Miliband. Uh, I'm a Joker. I'm a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that one, or maybe the Gambler by um, Yeah. Is that Kenny, Kenny Rogers? Ro- Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. Ken- Do you know Kenny Rogers' dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that's a song. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. The, the garden. <laughs> And maybe we'll go for that and you can sing along to it, Stuart. And I gave him a light. And a... Yeah, that's a number, that. Um, uh, Paul Merson, in his uh, sort of prologue for the book, said that the way, the only way he thought he could give up gambling was to break all his fingers so he couldn't dial <laughs> his bookie. It is such a good book. I, I did read it. God, it's, how old book is it? Four or five uh, years old? I think it, that is 2011. Yeah, it came out, so it's still quite a long time ago. But obviously, it covers his whole career. Yeah, and um, I, I think I, I couldn't find it. You couldn't buy it in the shop. I had to get it off of Amazon or something. And yeah, um, I bought it on. I took it on holiday, and what a great read! Yeah, proper good that is. So, uh, looking forward to that. And uh, if you have any other suggestions for what song could go to Paul Merson, I, I did yeah. find one song saying Paul's not all right or something. But uh, <laughs> I, I didn't think it was upbeat enough. No, no. So I, I think, think the, the Steve Miller band or the Gambler, who was the probably the way, way the to one. go. So yeah. um, it's time for think of a number.
Hey. Now, John has, uh, in the past, already chosen his think of a number here. Okay. Um, it's 22. Yeah, I've um, got a 22. And um, here's the choices then, Stuart. So, yep. uh, Nelson Vivas, Oleg Luzhny, uh, <laughs> Gail Clichy, Francis Coquelin, Yaya Sonogo. <laughs> well, we'll keep this quick. It can't be Sonogo. No. And although he did score a perfect hat trick recently. Yeah. Um it can't be him. It can't be Lushny. Although I dare bet John's gone for Lushny. Um It can't be Lushny. Well, Sorry, let's, but... well let's find out what John has who John has chosen. Don't stop recording, will you, when you no. do this. My number twenty two is Oleg Lushny. There you go, Oleg Lushny, Stuart. Was it? <laughs> yeah. uh, see, I thought. What was the other ones? Because well, Cochrane and Clichy are the only other two really. In no, there. Nelson no, no, Vivas. No. See, yeah, see, Nelson Vivas. I thought he was all right. Gal Clichy. I've got. To, I've got to say, it's a shame he went to Man City and he was a bitch. Because otherwise, I think he'd be the shoeing. Because oh, I, 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 remember... I never trusted him. No, but I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I remember going to Villa Park, watching, I know we lost, I know we lost the semi-final when we were on the chance to win it three years running, the yeah, FA Cup, yeah. and I went to Villa Park, and Ashley Cole must have been our first choice left back at the time, and he was injured, and Clichy came in, and I watched him, and Ronaldo was obviously, you know, he, he was in his prime, Gal Clichy fucking... He, he fucking bossed him the whole game. There was nothing Ronaldo did in that game, really, that came anywhere near... Clichy was fucking absolutely superb that day. And I always sort of thought, oh, yeah. But he he, he became a bitch, so I can't give it to him. Um, I've got John's one right. I, I'll go with John again then, just because, yeah, there's there's not really... I mean, Francis Coquelin is a liability, not good enough. Well, and I suppose you could say... Nelson Vives, I like Nelson Vives. I, th- I think Francis Coquelin, you know, when he had uh, Santi alongside him, it gave him a, a simpler job to do. Uh, it seems like ever since uh, Santi's been out, he has no place in the squad, really. Ever since Sandy's been out, mate, our club's gone downhill. Yeah, and, uh, and yet the viewers thought fucking thing he was better. Um, Francis Coquelin was a sensation when he came back, wasn't he? But I guess yeah. that was more by luck than engine, you know, by. Yeah, it by... was a panic, panic callback, wasn't it? It was a needs um, must, and yeah. So, I mean, so, Oleg Nuzhny played. The conc- what did he call him? The concrete? No, the con- who was the concrete? No, what was he called? The something horse, wasn't he? <laughs> I think he was just called the horse, wasn't he? The horse, yeah. Who yeah. was the concrete tortoise? <laughs> Who was the con- was that? Yeah, there was the concrete tortoise. Who was the concrete tortoise? Concrete tortoise, Alexander Kleb. <laughs> I'm sure he was the concrete tortoise. <laughs> I'm looking that up now. Yeah, have a look. I'm sure he was called the concrete tortoise. <laughs> you're googling concrete tortoises yeah. you might get some pictures you don't want to of, see of just concrete tortoises 
It's the real market for them. Maybe I should tell Wayne. There's one with Feb uh, on it. Um, yeah. To conquer what was, tortoise. Oh, put, the first article in, on Google was, is Sex Mad Tortoise Who Bonked So Much He <laughs> Developed Arthritis. <laughs> Had to have wheels fitted. What to about help him get typing around. in? <laughs> what about typing in? Type in Alexander Kleb Arsenal nickname. Or Kleb Arsenal nickname. Kleb Arsenal nickname. Uh, maybe it was little just known, This is Arse blog. Uh, the red. His nickname at Arsenal was Rasputin due to long, wispy, pubic bush he proudly supported. The other um, bizarre um, nickname I heard, well, I read in Paul Merson's book, was Mickey Thomas. Do you know what they used to call Mickey Thomas? Oh, um, I should do, but go on. Pebbles. So this must have been very much of his time because they used to rerun the um, the Flintstones at sort yeah, of five thirty yeah. yeah. on BBC in the like mid eighties yeah. every day, and Pebbles was was he their baby? Yeah, and baby. he sort of mumbled. He didn't speak. He just mumbled stuff. Yeah. So and because it... Mickey Thomas was a mumbler when he spoke. They called him ah. Pebbles. This is like the worst nickname ever. <laughs> anyway, lovely. Concrete tortoise. So we're going for Oleg Lushny. He was all right. He was all right. He, he just happened to play when we were playing Champions League games at Wembley, didn't he? And he, he sort of got shown up a bit sometimes. Yeah. I Bigger think pitch. He, he, I mean, he, he didn't spend long with us either, so... No, probably like all the rest of them on this list. Uh, no, we, yeah, I'll, I'll go. We're with getting John, down to the, the dregs. I mean, I think on the last day of the season, we might have to do the best of the rest. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, okay, so uh, it's time for dear John. Dear John. Yeah, so uh, we've uh, got this one it's quite serious, actually, John, this week. Um, no. From Nat the Gooner. Um, dear John, uh, although I'm only 47 and I don't have a very rock and roll lifestyle, last November I had a stroke. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Nat, it's, that's really sad. It was pretty scary and it made me t- talk a bit like Harry Kane for a few weeks. <laughs> that made me laugh. And then I got hit with anxiety, which was worse than the stroke. Uh, Last week I paid £800 to have a test done and it showed I had a large hole in my heart that's been there since birth, um, which was probably the cause of my stroke. So now my anxiety is back and I'm skint as well. So my question is, should I still consider things like extended warranties, Duracell batteries, long-life milk, or pay-as-you-go, go go onto a pay-as-you-go phone contract from Nat the Gooner or Nat the Goner as as soon at this rate. Um, well, first of all, um, we definitely think you won't be a goner uh, soon. So, um, John, what do you think? Well, 
I'm sorry, two of your problems, Matt, you know. Is it Nat. Matt? It was Nat. Matt. Nat. Nat. I mean, that's, you've had a lot of serious shit going on, obviously. Um, Asa Hartford had a hole in the heart. And he played for Bolton, Stockport, Shrewsbury Town, Stoke, Manchester City, uh, and Macclesfield. No, senior career. West Brom, Man City, Nottingham Forest, Everton, Man City, Fort Lauderdale, Norwich, Bolton, Stockport, Oldham. Yeah. So he played football, Scottish footballer. Um, Didn't, wasn't there rumours about Canu? Yeah, as well. Having yeah. some heart sort of heart, heart defect. Heart. Uh, as well as the fact that everyone thought he was possibly way older than he really was. He had said yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, you, you've been through a lot, obviously, and, uh, you know, appreciate you sharing all that with us. Yeah. Um, and it's good to see you've not lost your sense of humour <laughs> in it as well. Look, it depends what your situation is. Right? If your situation is... If you've got a family, children, whatever, you need to kind of look a little bit towards the future. Oh, good save by Martinez there. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, the second half has started during Dear John. Sorry so, about uh, that. Man. You know, um, you, you do kind of. I mean, if the doctors haven't given you, like, the, uh, you know, best start making a will, then I suggest you just, you know, crack on and, you know, just enjoy life, you know. My yeah. situation is slightly different is that, you know, I live on my own, you know. I'm not I'm not going to get all personal about my life, but I've got no actual ties, no responsibilities, and I do tend to just try to live it for the day. I mean, Matt knows me quite well. We'd be able to comment on whatever he feels that I live my life. It may not be the, um, the, the best format sometimes, and some of the things I do aren't too clever, but... Uh, you know, I can't tell you. You don't wrap yourself in cotton wool, do you, John? No, no, no. No, you live life as you want yeah, to live it. And, um, you know, it's 2 0. Oh, God. Well, that disallowed. <laughs> oh, disallowed. Ben Tech's goal's been disallowed. Oh. So, you know, roughly, the rough timeline is, is sort of like you know, unfolding on the podcast. Oh, um, I mean, it, it really does depend a lot on your situation, I think. Um, you know, long life bat, long life milk, and you know, Duracell battle is yeah, cold. You know, <laughs> all puns, all jokes aside, you know, just just enjoy your life. You know, I've got a family. I mean, even more. Personally, I wouldn't bother with extended warranties as a rule, just because I think no. they're a rip off, and it's just a, a an acceptable form of gambling, really, with gambling with your appliances, of which I, I, I think basically, if something goes wrong, um, it probably go wrong in the first year. Uh, so you'll be all right. Nah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, there was a court case. If you look up the sale of Goods Act 1971, I believe it was that one anyway. It might have been the 1977 it trade descriptions one. I can't remember. I did it in business law anyway, where uh, someone went to court about a washing machine and they won. I think they might have been out of warranty, but it, what, is, what is the life expectancy of a washing machine? Is it 14 months? The judge ruled that no, it wasn't. Life expectancy of a washing machine should be far longer than four eight months. Yeah. Um, so you know, if you do have problems trying to take your appliances back, you can always go to a small claims court because the law is in on your side. You know, you've got a guess of what the actual expectancy of a product should be. If you're talking of a television, you're talking a few years. If it packs up after fifteen months, you ain't got a warranty. You should be able to take them to court if they won't do anything about it. 
So, you know, I'm not a barrister and I, I, I don't give out legal advice at all, but I just thought <laughs> <laughs> little bits I picked up at college doing business law, just thought, you know, I'll just throw that information out there. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, stay positive, Nat, because um, you're certainly positive about our podcast and I think you should be positive about... Indeed. Yeah, everything in your life. Um, and thank you for sharing that with us. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, we don't, well, we'll we don't do serious things on this show very often, so it's nice that people see, sort but, of trust that stuff with us. But the one thing I would would say, yeah, if things are bothering you, you know, and you have got a family, you need to talk to them, or do what I did, I went to see a shrink for a little while. Okay. Um, Stuff like that, you know, if things are really getting you down, you are very concerned and you feel you can't talk to anybody, yeah. then you can go and see a shrink or a counsellor, whatever. They normally have them at a lot of hospitals, so if you are under a hospital, they should have some kind of care there. You can talk to someone in private and confidential. And uh, Zaha just kicked Monreal in the head. <clears throat> okay Thank, thanks very much uh john for that and thanks nat for sharing that with us um and john and what you said about extended warranties there uh today we found out that um tony adams is going to be manager of granada um would you rent a telly off him <laughs> <laughs> i did that one Stuart. i don't think he really got it uh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cheers, John. Uh, we'll catch up with you later yes, for mate. the quiz. Catch you later. Bye. Uh, I am absolutely certain that we are the only podcast that has given you extended warranty advice. Uh, and now it's time for the match of the day quiz. Very difficult category this week, Stuart. Okay. Um, John has done his questions in the past. I I do regret now that I didn't um, ask him to choose one in case he won. Uh, so you'll have to choose it whatever. Okay. But you're playing for pride here. Um, I know, and I'd imagine you pair of fuckers have cheated anyway, so I will, I will test my head. Okay, so uh, question number one. It's, uh, the, the category is referees. Right. Uh, question number one. Who was the Swiss, Swiss referee who sort of disallowed Sol Campbell's goal for England at Euro 2004, which would have seemed to, which, which would have seen them beat Portugal and receive death threats as a result? No, no idea. Erzmeyer. Um Question two. Saeed Beloukwa was the first African official to do what in 1998? Uh, well, 1998 was France World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, referee in a World Cup final? Correct. And uh, which Welsh referee was nicknamed The Book? Thomas. Do you know his first name? Oh, fuck me. I know it's Thomas. Oh, black hair. Cunt. Um, Thomas. Right, okay. Well, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I'll Is accept it? that. Yeah, it's Clive Thomas. Clive Thomas, yeah. Okay. Uh, question number f- four. 
Who showed Croatia's Joseph Shimichuk three yellow cards before sending him off at the 2006 World Cup? Right. I don't know whether it was Webb or... Uh, or the other English bastard. Um, it's an English ref. Yeah. Um, uh, see how Webb got a World Cup final, didn't he? Or a European final? Because he, he was good. He had the 2012 World Cup final, didn't he? It, and I don't think it was Clattenburg. There was another one, but I'll have to say Webb because I can't think of the other one. It was Graham Pohl. Yeah, Pohl. Yeah, prick. Question number five. Which famous referee officiated at the 1950, 54 and 58 World Cups and then was later seen in BBC's It's a Knockout? Oh. So he must have been a judge. I think he was there, like, referee. They obviously had Eddie Waring, Upanunda, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, Stuart Hall. We won't talk about him. No. Uh, uh, but, yeah, who was the referee who... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to blow the whistle and do the do. Uh, don't know, mate. Sorry. His name is Arthur Ellis. Oh, uh, what did Paul Gascoigne do to upset referee Dougie Smith and get himself booked? He handed back the yellow card or red card and showed it to the ref. That is correct, he picked, yes. Picked out, yeah. He booked the official for dropping his cards. His cards, yeah. Uh, and the final question, who was the official who sent David Beckham off versus Argentina at the 1998 World Cup? Do you know what? I thought you'd have asked this one to John because... He was Danish, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to go with something like Christiansen, but I don't know. I don't know. That's. I mean, you, you, you. Well, you're not really close, but you are close in the fact that he was, I think, Swedish. Oh, right. well, I don't know. Actually. Lars Lars Christiansen, Lars Eriksson. <laughs> His name was Kim Milton Nielsen. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, and Kim can, can be pick... a, ma- a man's name, just like Vivian or Leslie. Right, so uh, match of the day quiz. Um, yes, we've got. Tell me what it was. What was it? It was referees. Oh fuck! I've got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. So uh, let's get straight into it. Question number one. Yep. Name the iconic referee famous for his appearance who took control of many important matches in his career, including the 2002 World Cup final. The only important referee that I know is probably the best referee in the world who was made to retire too early is Kalina. That's right, correct. Yeah, Pierluigi Kalina. Pierluigi Kalina, correct. Who was the referee who Paolo Di Canio famously pushed over in 1998? That was against us. The game against Arsenal, yeah. Oh, was that little short ginger fella? Yeah. Can you remember his name? Fucking hell. I can't remember that name. Ash, Lashley, Ashbert, or... Nah, fuck it, I can't remember. It was Paul Alcock. Yeah. Okay, question number three. He had no balls, but he was Alcock. <laughs> <laughs> question number three. Tunisian referee Ali bin Nasir became right. famous in the 1986 World Cup for not doing what? Uh, for not doing what? 
Fuck you know what would he not do if he's so famous? It's obviously got to be stupid. Um, uh, blowing the half-time whistle. I don't know. That's my answer. Okay. Um, it was spotting uh, Diego Maradona's hand of God. He didn't. Do oh, that. right. So he was the ma- he was the ref in the England yeah. uh, Argentina game. Uh, question number four: Which Englishman refereed the 2010 World Cup final? Oh fucking hell! He's done a few cup finals and all. I can even picture the geezer. Oh no! I told you I, just, I don't give a shit about refs. Uh, no, no pass. No? No. It was Howard Webb. Yes, of course, the famous Man United uh, referee. Yeah. On 9th of February 2010, Amy Fern was the first woman to do what? Run the line. No, no. Uh, In a Premier League game, I don't know. No, she was the first uh, woman to referee a game in the uh, Football League. Uh, The first person to suffer sexual abuse by... Andy Gray and his counterpart on Sky TV. Yeah, so um, <laughs> Tony Baker was the referee in a game between Coventry and Notts Forest, and he got injured, and she was the fourth official. So she came right. on and refereed the last 20 minutes. Uh, okay, the first okay. woman to um, ref a game okay, um, right. in the Football League. So number six, Alan Shearer jokingly showed referee... Matt Mezias, a red card for doing what? Uh, I don't know. Booking him or something like that, or giving away a penalty when they shouldn't have had a penalty? No, it's quite a famous incident. It was, he, I think he went to point um, for a free kick and knocked Robbie Savage over. Like he not hit him in the face. Oh, his hand. Should have got a fucking round of applause. Um, okay. Jorge uh, Larandina was the official for which notable incident in the 2010 World Cup? You know, I just pay no attention to what goes on most of the time. Um, notable incident 2010. I don't know. You didn't have a player collapse, did they, on the pitch? No, well, I no idea. <clears throat> he, uh, the most notable incident was he didn't give Frank Lampard the goal that went over the line. But... Well, tells you, tells you how much I know. <clears throat> uh, which I think that's, I hard. Get, I think that's a pretty hard question. Or something like that, something from the year that I watched football on. <laughs> but you've won handsomely there because John got one. <laughs> Get in there. Fuck you, Ruben. Fuck and, you. Uh, I, I, I jokingly uh, present, pre- prepared him answering all your questions right. So I, I might think, uh, think, have a think about putting that in. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. It was like him sort of trying to pretend that, oh, I'm thinking about it. Was it Arthur Ellis? <laughs> <laughs> so do I, I get to pick the number? You get to pick a number, yeah. Any any idea where right, I should be heading, Matt? Okay, so let's have a look. Um, 
Don't worry about what it's okay, about. Okay, uh, so uh, this is called, the section is called Fans Arrive, and yeah. there's question there's choice between, uh, from 55 to, no, wait a minute, sorry, from 15 to 19, choose a number. Okay, well, I'm going to go for my lucky roulette number, and that's black 17. 17. English League stadiums with a capacity below 30,000. Yeah, that'll be good. There you go. So that's a, Sweet. That's the uh, subject for next week. Sweet. Uh, so uh, let's wrap up the show um, with predictions. some predictions. Uh, it's did John middle... do his? It, he did. Um, I'm Four struggling nil. to remember. We'll stick it in now. 4-0. 4-0. 4-0. It's Middlesbrough, uh, isn't it? Yeah. So we're going to be stuck in this Tuesday night quandary again. Yeah. Uh, um well, I don't, to be honest with you, Matt, I don't envisage much life next Monday, so I don't mind. If you've got a telly in front of you, I can put an iPad in front of me, and if John wants to do the same, I don't mind doing it next Monday night. Good idea. We'll do that. Live, you know what I mean? It's I don't imagine. <laughs> I don't imagine it's going to be the most... So I'm, I don't think, I think, I think that as shit as we are, I don't think Middlesbrough have got three goals in them. Sorry, I didn't get that. So <laughs> I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go Middlesbrough nil, Arsenal nil. I was going to go for that, but then again, yeah. I did go for that against uh, Palace. I thought that would be our game, sticky away game, yeah, uh, where we would not score. But I was right in a sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. They're struggling, aren't they, Middlesbrough? They, they can't got, score for Toffee. They have got some pretty... I mean, people like Negredo can play well on his day, can't he? Oh, and he it's will do tough. Monday. Yeah, so I reckon one all. Right. And John went 4-0. I think so. I can't <laughs> <remember>. <laughs> well, that's tidied that up. But yeah. I don't mind doing that next Monday. That'd be easy. OK, Stuart. Well, um, I guess have that's... A, ha- have a very happy Easter, Matthew. Oh, yes, you too. Um, and what are you up to? Um, oh, we're going to look at a puppy. That, and that takes four days. No, no, <laughs> but we're going to look. I mean, the kids are... What, what sort of imagine? puppy is it? It's a German schnauzer. Okay. And it was born on St. Patrick's Day, so we've, they've already named it Paddy. Right. And so I'm racist. going to be like... So Paddy got up and he done it again, <laughs> all over the floor, yeah. over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, so we're going to look at that, and we've got a bit of a soiree on Sunday. We've got an adult Easter egg hunt in the garden, and then okay, just what copious... does that entail? <laughs> well, no, I think it's it not stuff from Spunkies. In... No, no, Emporium, no. is it? No, there's about twenty of us around our house, and. I think we've got a couple of chickens and some lamb to cook. And, yeah, so it can be roast dinners, loads of sort of drinks and, yeah, a bit of fun. And, um, yeah, so that that should sort of take care of the weekend, I think, and a couple of days chilling out. So how about yourself? We are going to Oxford to watch Fantastic Mr Fox, the stage show. Oh, nice. I like the the thingy, the, the film thing of it. Um, and uh, probably go and see Boss Baby. 
Oh, oh I boy. think R2 went and watched that today. They went and watched that. And there's a bit where they're powdering a baby or something, and it farts. And there's a big <laughs> puff of powder, and that was one of the girls' favourite bits. And hold on, before we go as well, big, yeah. big up to your Mrs. Geezer. Oh, yes. For doing thanks. the Brighton Marathon. Yes, uh, uh, my Mrs. did the Brighton Marathon in five well hours. Done. And um, she came back looking still very sprightly, even though it was a very hot day. Yeah. Um, and thanks to everybody in Block 5 who had sponsored her. Um, yeah, brilliant, really, Matt. It was a really, really generous... Um, uh, some really generous donations from everybody from the podcast and from some of our listeners as well. So thanks to everybody. Um, and did you Yeah, know... well done. Well done to her, I'll tell you. Because, like I, said, I said the other week, when, when I watched my brother do it, it was it's a fair old thing to do, that 26 miles or whatever it is. And, yeah, especially like it was Sunday. It was red hot, wasn't it, Sunday? Yes, it was very hot. And... Um... I think people were passing out, passing out, and they were talking about people not drinking the water that was provided and all that sort of stuff. But uh, Jenny was very well prepared um, yeah. after reading Mel McAndrew's book about marathon running. <laughs> yeah, no, but the, the, you know, it doesn't matter about times or to, just to be able to do twenty-six miles like that. It's Again, an amazing that, achievement, which she's very, she's very humble about it, my wife. Um, yeah, so, no, um, I'll tell you, that's, that is an incredible, it's an incredible achievement. I, like I say, I remember my brother doing it. It was the first time Brighton, you know, they had a full marathon. And, yeah, to, to watch him, I see him go out, and then we sort of waited and waited and waited, and then watched him come back in. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And you watch the state of some of the people coming by, and you're like, my God, you know, and and just to see, like, my brother come back and him look okay, you thought, thank God, you know what I mean? It's almost <laughs> like, I'm glad you're all right, you know, and these poor people were, like, collapsing and, Jesus, yeah, no, it's an incredible achievement. Well done, well done. Uh, and thank you on behalf of Jenny. Um, so, just to, uh, to clear something up, because I didn't know what a schnauzer was. Um, yeah. So I've just yeah. looked, and it is basically Lady and the Tramp Dog. No, it's not. Isn't it? No, it looks similar, doesn't it? Isn't He's it? got a beard. He's got a beard. A beard like the Lady and the Tramp Dog. Yeah. I I'm going to say Lady and the Tramp Dog. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, 50 Cent has a schnauzer, so you're in good company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> word up, word up, word up. <laughs> All right, Stuart. Take care, mate. Yeah, have Should we just go through it again and wind Stuart up? Yeah, go on then.
let me just do it. <laughs> um, well, my ones are his. Okay, his ones. Yeah. Right, so, uh, John, who was the Swiss referee who disallowed Sol Campbell's goal for England at Euro 2004? I can't remember what you said. Erzmeyer. Oh, Erzmeyer. Correct. And um, question number uh, nine, or two, as it is, Saeed Baloukwa was the first African official to do what in 1998? Oh, hold on a minute. He weren't the uh, duly referee to final, was it? Final of what? World Cup. Correct. Oh, cool. Okay. Question three. Which Welsh referee was nicknamed The Book? Clive Thomas. Correct. Brilliant, John. You're doing really well on Stuart's questions. I mentioned Clive Thomas last week. That's true, yes. So who showed Croatia's Josip Simichuk three yellow cards before sending him off in the 2006 World Cup? I don't know. Don't know the answer. I forgot the answer to that one. Graham Powell. Um, was, it, was it Graham Powell? Correct. And uh, the question number 12. Which famous referee officiated at the 1950, 1954... 1958 World Cups and was later seen on the BBC's It's a Knockout. I used to watch that. I used to like that. Eddie Waring, can't remember the other day's name. Was it Ellis? Some bloke called Ellis, I say. First name? Can you remember his first name? Oh, he's got to be an old fella, hasn't he? What's old? George? I don't know. Arthur? Arthur Ellis is correct. Okay, cool. Well, you should have had Stuart's questions, John. Yeah, this probably. Is ridiculous. So, what did Paul Gascoigne do to upset referee Dougie Smith to get himself booked? This is an incident. Uh, I think from the Vi- Premier League. He let Vinnie Jones feel him up. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I remember. I'm sure I watched that game. Referee didn't drop his uh, booking cards and that, and then Gazza just picked him up and jokingly gave him a yellow card. Was it? That is right. Yes, he did. He. Um... He, he showed him a yellow card for that, which, <coughs> uh, which was a bit unfair. Yeah. And uh, finally, final Stuart's question. Who was the official who sent off David Beckham versus Argentina in the 1998 World Cup? Uh, Not who Kim got him sent Nilsen. off, we know who that was. Nielsen, was it? Yes, Kim Nielsen, yes. Was it Bridget Nielsen? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, that was Nielsen. Um Kim Morton Nielsen, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well done, John. I mean, you've—I I don't know whether you've won or not, but you've got all of Stuart's questions right. It's ridiculous. Uh, I've no idea what Stuart got. He probably fucking got loads. He'd probably get on mine right as well. <laughs> so, but, um, no, you know what? They talk about referees. There's a story I heard on uh, Danny Baker did a show, yeah. and they said, "What's the latest? Someone's been sent off." Some bloke said he was sent off by a referee. It was a Sunday league game, I think. Yeah. Two and a half hours after the match ended in the pub. <laughs> Apparently, the ref went in the pub and got abused by his player. Even though the match was over, he sent him off in the pub, and apparently, the red card does stand. Um, I think what I've heard is that the, it, it stands for the amount it's of. It's a penalty, time. isn't it? It's a penalty. Oh, no. So they got a penalty. Oh, God, I'm well behind. I've just watched Giroud miss a header. It's still 2-0 on my screen. Well, no, it is, because they've got a penalty. It's not as much. Let's have a look. Is it Bellerin, Martinez? Well, Martinez doesn't really touch Townsend. He takes 
Bellerin down more than anything. That's a bit harsh on Martinez. Oh, yeah, I've just seen that. Oh, they were, they yeah, winning their goal then. With that beer, uh, with that beard, looks like Demetrius Johnson, which I believe might be the flyweight UFC champion. Okay. <laughs> a picture of Demetrius Johnson up and a picture of Andreas Townsend with that beard. They are separated at birth. They really are. Who's oh, taken? He's gone down very easy. Oh. He's gone down very oh. easy. Yeah, I don't think he's... Oh, he's not got... I mean, the keeper, keeper didn't touch him. He's taken Bellerin. <laughs> oh, he didn't touch him, the keeper. Oh. You can see his foot but well yeah. behind. Has he scored? Yeah. It's 3-0. Yeah. Then they're out, then. Oh, guy. On a warm summer's evening On a train bound for nowhere I met up with a gambler We were both too tired to sleep So we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness Till boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces Knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice So I handed him my bottle And he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a light And the night got deathly quiet And his face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy You gotta learn to play it right You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done Every gambler knows That the secret to surviving Is knowing what to throw away Knowing what to keep Cause every hand's a winner And every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for Is to die in your sleep And when he finished speaking He turned back toward the window Crushed out his cigarette Faded off to sleep And somewhere in the darkness The gambler he broke even But in his final words I found an ace that I could keep You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up Walk away and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough to count when the dealing's done. You got to know when to hold, when to hold, know when to fold, know when to walk away and know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the dealing's done, you got to know when to hold up. 
know 